One, two, three. Okay. The clap's always kind of fun. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to start. The it's day. more it's more fun when when you don't have to do the countdown. There's a lot of pressure. I clap by myself all the time. I wake up in the morning and I pull the sheets off and I go. I'm ready for mm-hmm. ready for work. I'm ready for the day. That's a good way to start the day. Oh boy. I I uh. I usually start with a slim fast. I'm lazy and trying to lose weight the lazy way. I <laughs> I start with a breakfast burrito, so. You're doing better than me. Man, breakfast burritos are so fucking good, though. I'd probably be happier if I started my day with a breakfast burrito. Yeah, I mean, you'd be happier, but at what cost? I don't know. I If you drink too much Slim Fast, your piss starts to smell like them, so there's definitely a cost. That's pretty cool. It's it's gross when it's the latte one, because it's so pungent. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't want my urine to smell like caramel latte. Like, this is the thing I drink in the morning. It's it's wrong, is what it is. It's It's wrong, wrong, wrong. I don't know. I think, uh, you know what? I think that's a good way to open the show. We, we could open the show with the smell of pee. That's, I think that's the goal we want to set, right? That's the bar. Yeah. So, opinions are cheap. I'm Cameron, and I'm Chad, and my pee smells delicious. That's a good impression of me. I'm pretty sure I sound just like that. Yeah, you really do. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, so right. what did we what 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 were we gonna talk about today? We we're gonna talk about spooky stuff, I think. Woo! Which is a really Woo! vague open topic where we probably won't have. It'll be like last episode, where it's Woo! just stuff. So I got I have a lot of notes. Oh man, you came prepared. Well, not really. I I wanna I wanna shoot this to you. I wrote down my scariest movies, my scariest games, and then my scariest YouTube videos. Okay. And so what I noticed was a trend of somehow like a like a toilet. I'm like slowly circling lower and lower into just garbage. <laughs> when you go from movie to video game to YouTube. Okay. I just thought that was an interesting observation. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at that list then. Let's maybe you should read it off for the uh, the lovely listener. Okay. Um, and by the way, I love you, lovely listener, the one of you out there. Um, okay, so what is your scariest movie? See, that's where I don't, I didn't come prepared, because, uh, that's a really hard question. Let me answer that for you, an inconvenient truth. Oh, that's a good answer, because um, it's about actually, the so world, and things the burning. The first thing, yeah, uh, there, uh. I gotta get comfy. The first thing I wrote down was Alien. Okay. Alien. Yeah, it's a not a horror movie. It's not like a spooky Halloween movie. It's all just suspense and being hunted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what defines a scary movie for me. Because I just, I don't really care about ghost stories so much. No. Like, ghost stories are fun, but I feel like you forget them once they're over. Well, I think also, I mean, even like, let's take a classic like Nightmare on Elm Street. The concept is supposed to be really scary, but the idea of being attacked in your dreams and when you die in your dreams, you die in real life is so fantastical that it doesn't feel threatening. Right. I say as I wrote a book about that. But it's also, I mean, what are the odds of being killed by an alien? Right. Well, I see, I think the, the thing that makes the, the monster and alien work so well is its life cycle is so fucking horrifying that it will stick with you once the movie's over. 
because that's what always stuck with me with that movie. I think it's the design, like it, the way that the monsters made um, to look on film. You never get a very good look at it. Like even when you get the silhouette, it's like, what am I looking at? There's too many things that are almost human-like and then not at all human-like, where you're not even like sure what's uh, like those things that come out of its back. Yeah, you don't understand the anatomy, and every time it does something new, it's like, oh no, it can do that. Oh no, the blood's acid. Oh no, it has a second mouth. It just keeps getting worse the more you look at it. Yeah, and then like the light flashes or whatever, and you see like the human skull behind its face. Like, yeah, oh, there's only a, briefly. Yeah, there's a human skull just... back there. Holy shit! <clears throat> yeah, um, Alien's a good pick. I've seen that movie so many times though, where it's obviously not scary anymore. It's like you can just, like quote along with it, and so that's why it's never like the first thing that comes to mind when I think scary movies, even though it's probably my favorite horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's just overexposure. Uh, you saw it, right? Yes, the, the recent one. I did. What did you think of that? I know you wanted to talk about it when we did our adaptation episode, but I hadn't seen it yet. Um, I thought it was really good. It's another one of those things, though, where some of the 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 telltale scares were in the book, and so you see the setup for them, and it's like, oh, sweet, it's going to be this scare, so it's not scary. Um, so it was like the few times we had kind of diverged from the book, like when um, not Richie, uh, Stan was in the with the painting, and like the lady comes out of the painting or whatever, and she's all fucked up looking and like chasing him, like mm-hmm. that. Like I was like, holy shit, like that got me. I thought that was unexpected and really cool. But like when the blood's coming out of the sink and, and you know Bev's bathroom, it's like, oh, it's that scene. A lot of the scenes in here. I felt like all the the neat visuals were in the trailer. Um, I don't know if I ever really watched the trailer. Which is maybe the best way to do it. I I thought the movie was very well made, but I came out a little disappointed that it wasn't scary because my friends had told me like, oh, dude, it's so, oh, 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 man, dude, oh, and I just didn't get the same reaction. Yeah, I had, I've heard mixed things about that, too, where some people are like, that's like the scariest movie I've ever seen versus it was a really fun movie, uh, really well put together, really well acted, wasn't scary at all. I think it I maybe... feel like it was uh it was stand by me with a monster in it. Sure. Which, Which is good. Is, yeah. I mean that's kinda but... what the book is, maybe. Although the book's a lot more and fucked up. And that's fair. Yeah. And and also we're gonna get a second movie that maybe goes in a different direction. But, yeah. Um I thought it was interesting because I had one friend in particular that was saying how they had to keep covering their eyes and they keep seeing Pennywise in places now that they're out of the movie theater. Huh. And it was really haunting her, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just walked out of it. And I was like, oh, that's fine. And I just didn't care. I kind of envy her, though. Like, I mean, she's probably kind of miserable over it. But it's like, they have a movie stick with you like that. And it'd actually be like a good movie. Like, that's cool. Well, yeah. But that's what brings me to the next movie on my list. Um, I recently saw Halloween. Because I, uh, I had a viewing party with my brother and his friend. Because they wanted to see Halloween 3. Okay. Um, which was on our bad movie list, mm-hmm. but uh, our, our our mutual friend had never seen either Halloween. And to appreciate how bad Halloween 3 is, we had to watch the first one. Sure. And I don't know what it is. I mean, that movie's pretty old, and it still scared me. Like, I, I kind of left the lights on, because it was just something that I couldn't calm down after watching it. And I think it comes back to the realism, where the whole thing is just a stalker 
There's no magic. There's no ghosts. Right. It's just a guy with a knife that is going to jump out and get you. And the the cinematography and the suspense and everything is so palatable that it really does stick with you. Possibility certainly helps. Um, like you said. I don't know. I feel like the movies, that, the horror movies that stick with me the most, I don't even know if they're conventional horror movies. But it just it, it's more about like the tension on screen than it is like the scares. Like something like the green room is almost uncomfortable to watch because it, okay. just the way it's set up and shot, where it's like what's happening would never happen to me. What's happening is even maybe a little goofy, but just the way it's presented um, is so effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Mother was like that too, the new Aronofsky movie, where it's just like the way it was shot and the way everything is presented is just so fucking uncomfortable. And you're kind of I'd just going. Say that's a horror, though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Not in the traditional like, oh no, you got to get out of there because there's a bad guy, but it it still invokes those same feelings, right? Yeah. It was fun watching that movie and thinking about um, Fateful Findings because a lot of the cinematography <laughs> in that movie that Breen does, like he does by accident, it doesn't work. But then it's done in Mother on purpose, like the really close in on the faces and following people around in weird ways. To get like and that did, really intimacy and, and, and kind of a distortion on uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character. I got an airplane outside. Did you see Neil Breen's new movie? No. Passed through? I know it's uh, it's out, out though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you thought Faithful Findings didn't make sense. Is it on YouTube? Um, I don't think I found it yet, but if I do, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, because we, we might have to watch that. Uh, but just, I mean, real quick, he's an artificial intelligence that was sent from the future to possess hobos and do a lot of coke and then kill the president and then kill like a third of the human population because they're evil. I can dig that. And then he helps some uh, illegal immigrants across the border, but none of them are Mexican. Yeah, I saw that scene in the trailer and there's just like one chain link piece of fence and they're like trying to frame it in a way to so you can t- can't tell that there's no fence on either side. And there's like a plastic skeleton on the ground and it's supposed to be dramatic because it's like the trail of tears or something. Yeah, God, he sucks. That's great. He's awful. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like legit wonderful, though. (laughs) Uh, How about uh, going back to Halloween movies? um, How about Tyler Perry's Medea Boo 2? Oh, man. I saw a trailer for that the other day and was like, how the fuck are these still getting made? Isn't that scary? Kinda. These are getting greenlit. Like, there's no way the budget for that movie is, like, anything over $5, though. Well, how much does Tyler Perry, um, cost? Like, he's gotta fund the whole movie, so he probably doesn't cost anything. Budget's $20 million for the first one? Holy shit. I mean, that's, like, <laughs> not a lot of money for a movie, but that's still way more than that thing's gotta deserve. Again, the- it's mostly the talent. Then it made $74 you know? million, so of course he keeps making more. Yeah, I mean, he may as well. Honestly, I wish that they didn't do a sequel to Boo, and I wish they picked a different holiday, like like literally Arbor Day. Boo, Just to I'm see a how far Arbor they Day. Push the envelope, you know. God, I would love to see Jean Luc watch this because he's such a fucking movie snob. What Tyler Perry? Or yeah, findings. Tyler Perry. Every time I see a bad <laughs> movie, or I just like, I was like, I want to watch that movie with that guy, just because it would just. I just want to torture my friends. Well, I don't have very many of them. <laughs> Wonder why. 
So, uh, spooky movies. You've mentioned Mother. Um, are there any more recent ones that you can think of? Because I, I think uh... when I think of the horror movies that I really like, I tend to steer towards classic era or 70s or 80s. Yeah, and I haven't seen a lot of those. So a lot of mine are more recent, like uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, I thought was a great, oh. great tense movie. Once again, not maybe a traditional horror movie, but just the, the the idea that this lady is trapped with a fucking crazy dude for a long period of time. There's a roller coaster that they very skillfully guide you through. Because I don't know how many times in that movie you start to feel comfortable. Yeah. Like something horrible can happen, but then it's like, well, what else are you going to do? You have to put up with it, and you get over it, and then it's like they're having fun playing party games, and they're having fun doing the dishes. And I don't know how many times they manage to salvage the situation they're in, and you feel okay, so that the next time it's awful again, you really feel it again. Yeah, it's... it's worse, and it's just... Uh, it's a, a fucking brilliant movie. It really is. Like when um when the dude kills the other guy, like you really don't see it coming because it's it, you got comfortable. You're like, oh, he's just gonna give him a stern talking to because they're all in this together. And he fucking like pulls yeah. out a gun and just shoots him. You're like, holy fucking shit, this guy is insane. Or when she realizes that there was another woman that he killed. Yeah. And she finds like Fuck, the help that me was sign so or creepy. something. And it just keeps getting worse. And it's just uh, it's it's really a perfect movie if you want to study, um tension and suspense um what other god what i'm trying to think of good horror movies i've seen recently um i really like the babadook that's on my netflix queue i'm really excited to see that it um it seems to get really mixed reviews and i think for the most part the people that it resonates the most with are people that have children okay because what it really does is uh I mean, it's kind of a ghost story, but most of the movie, in fact, even the whole movie, you're not sure if there's actually a ghost or if it's just a, it's a single mom with like a, let's say a first grader, maybe kindergartner. And he is so, um, he's, he's definitely like on the spectrum. Okay. And he has this problem where he just, he constantly needs attention and he's constantly acting out. And he's constantly making up things, and he's constantly saying that there's like a monster in his bed, or there's a man at the door, or there's. Okay, a this thing might in the kitchen. drive me nuts because I don't like children, and that would just be like, "Fine, the monster gets to kill you." Well, this this is what happens: is that the mom is beyond stressed out the whole time, and you kind of feel it with her. So, if you've ever had a stressful time with kids, you understand where she's at. Sure, and. It gets to the point where sometimes it feels like there's a monster, but you're wondering, like, is there actually a monster in the house, or is she, like, fighting off a subconscious desire to kill her own child? Oh, I like, okay, that sounds pretty great. I, I like shit like that. And so what happens is one day she opens the front door, and there's a children's book just on the the porch there called The Babadook. And it's this creepy little rhymy story about this uh, friendly stranger that will come if you call him. Uh, and all you have to say is Baba Duke, Baba Duke, and blah, 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 or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's coming around the corner, Baba Duke, Baba Duke. Oh, he's under your bed, Baba Duke, Baba Duke. He's inside you now, Baba Duke, Baba Duke. You can hear him coming, Baba Duke, Baba Duke, Duke, Duke. Mm-hmm. And like the room starts like closing in, and the kids start screaming, and the mom just can't stop reading it. And it's like, is she going crazy? Or is this a really creepy book? Is there an actual monster? And you spend the whole movie partially afraid but partially you need to know sure that's not yeah that actually sounds like that sounds cool i'm I'm excited to see that it's a little yeah, far down on the netflix queue but it's definitely on there i mean if you have netflix you can't lose by watching it sure if it's not clicking then just stop but i like it um god one of the horror movies i like to bring up lately um i, I recently saw it's called the wailing it's a korean film Okay. Um, it's a a really it's a very atmospheric slow burn of a horror movie. Like it's two and a half hours long, which is mm-hmm. fucking strange for a horror movie. Uh, but what it you know what that gives it the time to do is just establish like this the characters in this family. You got this. Um, I God, I I wish I could remember the. Uh, I think it was Korea. So you have this Korean town. You got the, the main character is this kind of bumbling fat cop. He's not very good at his job, but nothing ever scary happens here. And then it's just like all this like very subtle supernatural shit starts to happen. Maybe people are being possessed. Maybe they're not. And there's like these like three characters that keep keep reoccurring, and you don't know. Like one of them's like, well, that guy's the outsider because he's from Japan, so he's got to be the devil. And then there's like two other people that show up, and one's like this girl, and she's fucking kind of creepy because you don't know what her deal is. And it just feels like there's like three different demons like attacking this town at once and trying to just fuck with the people and take some souls and stuff and so it, it ends up really escalating in a, a wonderful way and it's uh, it's one of those very kind of open-ended endings where you don't really know who is the bad guy and and what's going on who's going crazy versus is this real supernatural stuff so it plays with a lot of really good stuff like that nice and that was called the wailing yep okay also on netflix oh it is i okay i'll add that to my queue We'll be cute buddies. Yeah. Watching each other's movies. Ooh. I'm looking, I'm trying okay. to find like a list of fucking horror movies that have come out recently. Well, if you don't have any Rady, how about we talk about games a bit? We can talk about games. Are there any scary video games? Like ever at all? Um, I thought Amnesia the Dark Descent had a couple of fucking good ass moments where I uh totally screamed like a little girl. You know what? I don't think I actually saw that one. I know what you're talking about, but I forgot about it. There's the big moment that everyone talks about is a uh, the wa- like the water level, and you have to you have to make it through this like somewhat flooded place. It's not like you're underwater or anything. You just kind of you it slows your character down because you're wading through the water, mm-hmm. and you got to get around a couple of uh, like boxes and shit. So it's not even like a big gameplay moment. But there's it's like something up to your waist or yeah, something. Yeah, there's like right? something yeah. chasing you though, and you can hear it splashing behind you. If you turn around, you don't see anything. You just kind of like see like the splashes, and it, it it's so fucking tense. Like in the moment, like the way the music and everything goes, and good god, did that that moment just suck? And then, um, there's just like a jump scare like later on in the game though that I did not see coming at all. And it was one of those you're on the you're on your edge of your seat for most of it just because of the way this game is presented, and like the one time you're not, and then just boom, it's there. And I like almost fell out of my goddamn chair because <laughs> did not see it coming 
sound design, I think, is the only thing that can make a video game scary. It really helps. Because the visual jump scares just don't work for me at all. Um, people really talk about Outlast a lot. Have you played that? I have not. I've seen it, though. It It's so atmospheric, but all the bits that are scary are just, they're either jump scares, or it's like, here's an unstoppable boss, and you have to hide somewhere. And it's kind of 50-50 if he's going to notice you under the desk or not. See, like, you don't feel like you're in control, and it doesn't feel like something scary is going to happen. It's just, oh, it's just part again. Yeah, and my, yeah, Amnesia has some of that stuff, too. And so, like, the first time you do the encounter, it's scary. And then when you die and you do it again, and you realize there's really nothing to do other than hide in, like, the right spots, mm-hmm. it, it just becomes frustrating. Um, Alien Isolation was sort of like that was like that game's I think downfall. Like if that game had been like eight or ten hours long instead of like sixteen, it would have been a yeah, it would have been awesome. But like after yeah, like, that's a that's a very good one because I think they keep a relative consistency. It does kind of overstay its welcome, but it, it's um like the robots are creepy, but the alien is as threatening and scary as it should be. Yeah, and. I really like that game, but like, like at like a ten hour mark though, it's just like I'm kind of sick of hiding from the alien, and, you know, yeah. finding a, a a cabinet and getting in and waiting for it to leave. And you get some nice tools to chase it away, which is which is great towards the end. You know, you throw my firebombs and sprinting towards the next you know safe safe area. But uh, well, you know that uh, um, I talk about Stuart the sock a lot. Mm-hmm. He does the alien isolation playthrough. And it's really funny because there's a couple episodes towards the end of his playthrough where the whole like 10 minute sequence is him just inside of a a locker because like the alien is kind of stuck pacing back and forth in front of him. Oh, that's funny. Like it's it's clipping on a wall or something. And so it just like keeps coming closer, but doesn't do anything. Keeps coming closer, but doesn't do anything. So he just like talks for a while and then says, "Okay, that's on board and just walks out and dies and tries again, and then it, like, starts doing that thing again. Oh, no. And he had to, like, figure out a way to, like, unglitch it to move forward. So, like, little moments like that can, you know, ruin the experience a bit. Sure. I like, um, video game, horror in video games is interesting, because you have, like, the player agency, and, like, like something like the first Dead Space, I thought was a fantastic, um, horror game. So that's But you could list. also, you know, you can also shoot the monsters. Well... What I wrote for Dead Space is the first third of the first game. Because <laughs> you, when you're in the dark and you don't know what you're facing, it's scary every time something comes out at you. Sure. And when you're not sure if something's going to come out of the vents or not, it's scary. And the sound design is scary. And you're seeing like human bodies and it's like, oh man, something crazy happened to you. Ah, there's good body but horror the first in that time, game. Oh yeah. But the first time that you see a human that's still like whole and then he just like walks away, it's like, oh, I now I don't know what to expect anymore because you're used to the monsters. Yeah, you know what I mean, I haven't played that game in a while. It's on my list to replay. I, I think the, the, the saving grace with Dead Space is like once the scares start going away, you get you get better weapons and stuff, though. It's like it's still really fun to play. It is. A, it's a good game. But the first third is like a good horror game. And I kind of wish that they would make something that felt like that again. Maybe Alien Isolation is close. Yeah. I mean, Visceral won't because EA shit canned uh, that studio. Well, honestly, the the second two Dead Space games were bad, too. 
My brother really liked the second one. I never played it. I think, well, the second one had uh, some good, like, Gears of War moments, but it never felt scary. Okay. And then the third one was abysmal. Yeah, the third one seemed pretty bad. Did Fucking you hear it ends? Uh, no. All the all the, the zombies, uh, they activate their final form and fly off into space, and they form a moon made out of zombie corpses that they're going to crash into Earth, and you have wow. to fight off the moon. That's some hardcore jumping the shark. Uh, yeah. That kind of happened in the third, or one of the Metroid Prime games, though, we had to fight, like, like a planet. But Metroid Prime is a little different tone than Dead Space. Yeah. I feel like they could kind of get away with that. Yeah. In a weird way. It was it was cool in Metroid Prime. I was like, I have to kill a planet? Holy shit. I can dig it. Pew, pew, pew. You know, Metroid Prime, the first one, had some pretty fucking good uh, spooky moments to it. Um... I remember when you're when you're in like the the space pirate area and you're like seeing all like kind of like the weird experiments on Metroids and you're going around and you're reading the lore and they're fucking doing shit they shouldn't be doing and then when you oh, fight yeah. like the Omega space pirate or whatever and it's this big hulking monster and you're like what the fuck is this thing that was cool. and again the sound design yes like all the uh, the neat sound effects and the music just really sets the tone even though you have powerful lasers to fight it off it's like you're looking around the corners for what's gonna jump out at you God that game was great. I can't wait for four. It's going to be disappointing, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Horror games. Horror games. Did you ever get to play PT? No, I did not. Oh, I love PT. Ah. Um. I mean, you've seen like the playthrough of it, right? Uh no. I've. Don't know. Like, I I couldn't even really tell you what this one looks like. Oh, so you, oh man, if you ever get the chance to, because you're not even allowed to download it anymore. Yeah, it sucks. So if you ever get a chance to, I want to make sure you experience it. Um, PT was short for Playable Teaser. Yep. And uh, it was great because it was just this one hallway of like a haunted house that you kept walking through. Every time you got to the end of the hallway and opened the door, you got the start of the hallway again. But little things would change. And it was just the atmosphere was so perfect it, it, it <laughs> i it's like i don't want to say too much cuz it's uh either you enjoy it or not like i think most people have probably watched it if they care right but it just it the sound design the the little things like you you walk around the the, the corner or the hallway and one time there's a ghost there and you think okay i don't want to do this anymore but then you keep expecting to see the ghost there every time you turn the corner, and you never do. But every single time, you're so familiar with every little detail that as soon as one of the picture frames is ajar or there's extra cobwebs on the ceiling, you you immediately tense up. Ice. And it just it plays on your psychology so perfectly. Um, it's just unreal how this little demo was like one of the best <laughs> you know, scary experiences I've ever had with video games. Um, uh, Yeah, I, I hopefully one day, uh, I don't know if, if that's like how hard that is to, you know, uh, emulate or find on the internet. Or if I'll just probably have to like watch a walkthrough or, or something. I should I should really check it out, though. It was it was such a big deal when it came out. God, that was a while ago. 
Well, if you ever uh, visit San Diego, you can play mine. Okay. It's a date. Yeah, one of these days I'd um, like I would like to go visit old San Diego. See Cameron. I think the, the absolute scariest thing though was uh Resident Evil 7 with the VR support. I heard that was pretty frightening. I I played the demo and the demo I walked around in a room and it felt like I was really in a spooky room and I very slowly opened a door and there was a hallway. And I started to walk through the hallway, and it made me think about PT, and it's like, I don't want to do this anymore, and I took the helmet off. <laughs> I did not see anything, and it was still the scariest thing, just the thought that something might happen in this demo. And I was like, nope, no more. Horror games are interesting, because the the thought of death in, in the game is kind of one of those things that keeps you going, like, I don't want, I don't want my character to die. And I feel like once you start dying the horror really goes away. Like, if you get stuck on a spot in a horror game, it's just gone. Yeah. It becomes really meaningless. I remember one of the problems I had with Amnesia, there was a couple of spots that, you know, something was difficult gameplay-wise, and I kept dying. But then one of the things in that game is, you have, a, you have a lantern that you need to keep filled with oil, and you can, like, start going insane if there's not enough light around. It's like, fine. But then there are rooms with like covered in like candles on candle holders, and you cannot take those. So I'd be like, oh shit, I'm almost out of light for my lantern. Here's a candle, but I can't do anything with it. And it just it drove me fucking batshit because it's just like it's right here. There's light right here. I could pick this up. It's got a little, you know, hold your pinky out like this thing attached. It's on a saucer. But it, because it wasn't like part of the gameplay, it was just like, oh, this room's got light in it, but you can't do anything. And I don't know, just. There's a few things like that with that game that drove me absolutely nuts. Yeah, I mean, if you break the immersion, it's very hard to maintain any kind of emotional connection. Yeah. Ho- like horror or any other feeling. That's a, that, that was an interesting game because there's there's other kind of story and gameplay stuff that stuck with me out as like negatives. And so while I did a lot of things really, really well, I also kind of left the experience not thrilled. It's not a long game, though, so it's like next time it's on Steam sale for a couple bucks. You haven't played it. It's definitely worth checking out, but it's not perfect. Okay. I think I've, uh, I think I've seen that crop up from time to time. Wouldn't be surprised if it'll be on sale soon with a Halloween sale or whatever. Oh, uh, have you played Friday the 13th? I have not. That's more fun than scary. Um, the premise is so silly. It's uh, it's literally just like there's eight players that are all camp, you know, camp counselors, mm-hmm. and then one person gets to be Jason, and you just try and kill everybody. Yeah, sounds fun. So it's a yeah, it's a fun game, but it's really funny when they work in some of the weird tropey stuff. Um, like you can hear when Jason is nearby, but it's not footsteps. It's literally the, and it's just. It's funny the first time you notice it, but uh, I don't know, like the 80th time, it's kind of like, oh, there he is. And you jump out the window and hit him with a bat and run away. Huh. And it's kind of like y- y- you end up goofing around after you play it for too long. I've heard people say uh, called Bloodborne a horror game, and I know there's a lot of Lovecraftian horror in it. Um, I don't know where, where you stand on that. I would not call it a horror game, but I mean, would you call... Uh, like the the very original like Frankenstein movie, a horror movie. Probably not. I don't know. I've never really seen it. 
I mean, there's there's horror themes. Like, if you stop and think about it, it's like, oh, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. Sure. But it's not like you're ever terrified. And I think... Uh, the terror that comes out of Bloodborne is, is less about it's scary and more about if I die, I lose my progress and I have to go back and do it again. I mean, it does get tense. Yeah. The fights are really, you know, engaging. But, yeah, I wouldn't classify it horror. Um... There's a few things of, like, kind of body horror. Uh, it, it sort of depends on what your sensibilities are. I mean, the monster design in that game is great. A lot of things look pretty fucking creepy. I love the insight um, mechanic. Uh, there's a stat you can get that the more insight you have, you can kind of see more things. Yeah, and eventually you see those goddamn big eldritch abominations hanging on, like, the walls. Yeah, it's like you see there's there's one that's, like, as big of a as a building perched on top of a building and it's like oh i don't want to touch that yeah i remember the first time i saw that and i was like what the fuck and it's like oh those have been here the entire time it's like okay that's awful uh, the other things can see you too yep like there's there's sometimes where if you have lower insight then certain enemies will just ignore you yeah because they can like shoot lasers and shit at you right some of them do it's like each one seems to have its own weird quirk and some of them you don't care about and some of them it's like oh not those again where it's like more frustrating than neat yeah but the concept is neat yeah i'm looking at pictures of them right now because you actually have to fight one as a boss or uh, an optional boss the fucker was really hard too the drama though is good like a lot of the bosses you kind of feel for what you're fighting yeah it's cool like they're like oh, at one point these most of these bosses were good things and they've been like corrupted or misled or whatever yeah it's like you you feel sad for the ones that are lost yeah and you you feel pity for the ones that have like rotted away and it i mean it's i think it's better than dark souls in terms of storytelling yeah i don't really care much um, for dark souls of storytelling it feels like yeah it starts off it feels really high fantasy and then when by the time it stops doing that i'm just, I'm just not invested so it's just like, I'm here to kill bosses. Yeah. And I think that's what it does best, and that's fine. Yeah, I'm almost done with Dark Souls 3. I got like three bosses left. Fucking Gale. He's the deal, like the final DLC boss, and he's so hard. I'm going to get him, though. I'm up, I've got him real close last time I was playing. Oh, speaking of toys, I want that uh, Bloodborne Figma. Oh, is there one? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and Google that real quick. It's beautiful. Bloodborne Figma? Yeah, but I want to pose them, like, fighting my Bowser. From Good Smile Company? Yeah. Oh, shit, that looks cool. How much is this fucker? Uh, it's gonna be 80. Huh. Or maybe, I mean, if you factor in shipping anywhere between 80 and 90. This is, I wish he had the axe. Yeah, I mean, he has the basic razor blade that you start off with. Well, I mean, because you, you can start out with, the, uh, with an axe instead. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I think there's a handful of weapons in the game that are a lot cooler than what you start out with. Yeah. But the basic ones you start out with tend to be the most practical, too. Is this going to be one of those things where, like, it'll be out and then, like, it'll be pre-ordered to hell and back and I'll never actually get one? Yeah, they don't sell them. You kind of buy the pre-order and then wait a year or two. Oh, so it might be SOL? No. You can still find it somewhere. But for probably even more? No. It just, I mean, go to an import site. Okay. They they typically don't sell out too quickly. 
I can see, I don't know, my brother loves Bloodborne, so I could actually, I mean, this guy doesn't really look much like his character, but I bet he would enjoy this. The thing is, he's like... It's a nice piece. I, I have enough toys where if I bought a toy for me, it's fine, because I have room for him, whereas he doesn't have any, so I don't know if that would be weird if it's like, hey, Joe, I got you a really expensive <laughs> fucking toy. Have fun. Like, what yeah, do you if, would do with it? If you don't it, have you know? room for it, you could just leave it in my room. Well, it's, okay. it's, it's just a... It's a display piece. It's just a really expensive plastic display piece, you know, when you if you're being reductive, so it's kind of Yeah. Kind of weird. Man, that's a that's a fucking sweet sweet figure. Never looked at the Figma stuff. Kinda wanna I have to like stay on this site later and, and, and check some <laughs> stuff out, maybe we'll see what other kind of Ooh, they got a lot of anime shit it looks like. They mostly do anime. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, I, I see the Nindroid up here, Nindoroid, and I, I've seen some anime stuff from them that look pretty good. Yeah, I don't think they did a Holo, though. I think they did a Holo. Figma? Yeah. No. Aww. They did Nindroid, but... Oh, yeah, okay. That... Um. Well, back to spooky stuff. Spooky stuff! So I wrote a section for YouTube. Yeah, I don't really watch horror <laughs> stuff on YouTube, so this is going to be interesting. Well, have you seen like anything spooky? On YouTube, there's like a yeah, what well, like on the internet, spooky videos. No, not really. I mean, I've read like creepy pasta every once in a while, but that's about as far as I've gone. Same thing. Um, <laughs> I hate that phrase, uh, creepy pasta, because sometimes there's really good scary stories, but it's like you have to tell somebody, "Oh, I read this great creepy pasta." Here you go. Yeah, and it just sounds like a it, it takes some of the weight away. Um, do do do. do. Okay, how about I Feel Fantastic? Never heard of it. Ooh! Oh, this one's creepy. Um, I'm going to recommend people look up I Feel Fantastic on YouTube. You probably won't die in three days, like the video says, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> I typed in I space and then auto-completed to feel fantastic. Oh, it's only like... I love YouTube. Two minutes, two and a half minutes long? Yeah, it's a a weird mannequin. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and look at that. Kind of like a sex doll. Yes. There's a very creepy video on YouTube if you look for "I Feel Fantastic," where there's this animatronic mannequin that somebody made, and they dressed up. It has a creepy wig. It has a creepy sweater. Its proportions are wrong. Like it looks very tall. And with this super robotic voice, it just kind of sings this lack of a song where it just keeps saying, I feel fantastic. Hey, 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 hey. Over and over and over again. And it's two and a half minutes long. It's like a whole song for some reason. And people have a lot of <laughs> theories about there's, why uh, it's it was funny. Made. Underneath it, there's an eight minute video called I Feel Fantastic Explained. Yeah, there's a there's a strange following for creepy videos that popped up on YouTube back when YouTube was new, you know? Sure. Uh, One thing that's strange is that about halfway through the video, it cuts and the doll is now in different clothes and posed different. And like its neck is craning in a way that doesn't look natural or healthy. And then towards the end, there's a shot of a like a clearing in the forest. Or just kind of zooms in on a pile of leaves for no reason. And then zooms back out. 
and people assume that there's a human body buried there. Huh. And this is like the murderer's last clue. That's cool. I'll have to take a look at this when we're done. It's, I mean, it's weird. But what happens when you click on this video is uh, you're going to get recommended a lot of garbage <laughs> that will take you in this horrible spiral where you're going to see all sorts of bizarre things. Um, YouTube's a treasure trove if you want to be creeped out. Yeah, I'm sure. I've never really gone down those rabbit holes. Typically, because if I'm in the mood for something like a rabbit hole, it's like kind of late at night, and I, I'm enough of a pussy where I don't want to watch horror stuff before I go to bed. Yeah, but that's the best time to feel fantastic. Huh. Um. So on that topic, if you're too big of a wuss, look up. This is Dan Bell, and uh, this guy he he walks around abandoned buildings a lot. Oh. So he'll find like abandoned malls. Or, like, a weird, uh, there's, like, a Burger King episode where it's just, like, it's completely cleaned out and abandoned. But then there's, like, weird things that are left over. And it's kind of interesting. And it's, like, there's never ghosts. There's never things that jump out and get them. But it has that same kind of creepy feeling where you expect a ghost to come up. Isn't there one where he, like, was in a mall and, like, like two people came in and did a drug deal and he, like, hid from them? There, that might have happened once. There's one where the police show up because it's like a it's a sectioned off area that people aren't supposed to be in. And the police saw his car outside. Oh, typically things don't happen. So it's like, go ahead and watch his videos and you'll feel safe. But you still get to have a little bit of spooky fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. So, I mean, I'd recommend that. Sure. Um, boo, 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 boo. Figured... Oh, my favorite, though. Uh, you, you, Marble Hornets. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to mention Marble Hornets. Yeah, that's a good series. Um, Have you seen any of those? Oh, I've heard about it a lot, and I've never actually gotten uh, around to watching it. You know what? We should watch that together. I've been meaning to rewatch it lately. Okay. Um, It's, a, it like it's a found footage. Hour and a half mm-hmm. together, all of it? Yeah, it's like a, I mean, it's a pretty long series. Huh. Um, but it's really, uh, like a very cheap found footage kind of story where there's a, there was a guy in college and he was filming a movie called Marble Hornets for a film project. And at some point he just sort of, uh, like he dropped out and he stopped the project and moved on and he left behind a bunch of these tapes and a lot of the tapes aren't labeled. So this guy is like documenting them and he's just uploading them to YouTube um, and he's trying to put them in order. Cool. So he's going through the tapes and there's a lot of nothing, but then he notices that there's a lot of weird, like suspiciously creepy things. Like the guy that was filming the movie just started filming every single second of his life that like he just left the camera on. He was buying a bunch of tapes, just like him sitting in a chair all night. The camera's trained on him while he sleeps. It's like, he never wanted a camera off of him. Huh. And it's like, it's kind of weird. And it's like, is he seeing things? Does he see something outside? And you you kind of get sucked in in the same way that the, the main character is sucked into reviewing these tapes. And he takes you on a journey where it's like there's, I don't know, there's interesting stuff. That sounds cool. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say too much because I want everyone out there to maybe give it a try. Just look up Marble Hornets. Uh, entry number zero, 
is the start. Um, and it, it guides you through the story pretty well. Nice. They're very short. Like they're like a minute long episodes. Yeah. There's like 130 or something. Uh, There's like a big playlist. Yeah. And that'll take you through the whole thing. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to try that. It's weird. As much as I like spooky stuff, I don't, I don't consume a lot of it. Yeah. It's hard to find good spooky stuff though. It can be, yeah. Especially, like, um, I don't know, since my, my big, I really like to read, and so, like, finding really good horror books, like, can sometimes be tricky, because they, they have to be very, I feel like, idea-focused, because you can't do a jump scare on a novel. And then, the ghost appeared. Yeah. Ooh. Um, have you ever read House of Leaves? No, but I've heard of it. That book is wonderfully unsettling. Um... That's the, for those who don't know, that's the one where the house is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. But the, uh, the framework to the, to the story is really fucking weird and obtuse. So like the main character is this like tattoo artist who loves to tell stories and do drugs. So he's off the bat, like mega unreliable. Mm -hmm. And he finds this, this chest of, of documents that this blind guy had, and he just starts going through it. And it's these um, essays on this movie uh, called the, the Navidson Record. And so the movie, and the, the movie is supposed to be that this is a nonfiction. He, he made this, you know, he was living in this house that was bigger on the inside than it was on the outside. So it's all like a documentary on this house. Mm -hmm. But the movie doesn't exist. And the, the blind guy, there's no way he was able to write all of these essays on this movie because there was so much research involved. So like already it doesn't make any sense. And so it jumps back and forth between this dude writing down, like, in almost like a diary, just like his thoughts and his days, and he's trying to have sex with this stripper. And then it goes to the essays on the movie, and it goes, it, it, and you have no idea, like, which, who is crazier kind of thing. And then it, there's, like, just multiple layers of, of ambiguity and unreliability. And of course, the actual the house itself is fucking terrifying. But then it's, it's told through, you know, essays uh, and, and film critic papers. And it's just, it's really, really fucking bizarre. Um, you know, I think that's an underused uh, storytelling device is having the unreliable narrator. Yeah, there's always an element of it in, in anything written in first person. Yeah. But it's almost never utilized. Because that's, um, that's actually one of the things I like about Marble Hornets is uh, the more he gets sucked into it, the more he starts acting like the director that was going crazy filming everything. Oh, so he starts filming himself more and he, more? Eventually he starts filming himself. And it's kind of like, he says like, okay, for security reasons, I'm going to start wearing this camera um, just in case something happens. Or like, he, there's one part where he'll just, he wakes up in a strange building and he doesn't know how he got there. So he's like, okay, I'm going to start filming myself sleeping. And it feels justified, but then it gets to the point where he's like losing sleep and starts making irrational decisions. Sure, and that definitely, stuff like that happens in, in House of Leaves. Yeah. I would recommend House of Leaves. It's a fantastic book. It's very, it can be very hard to read, though. Because it's, the, the essay portions, which are most of the book, are very dry. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to be literary essays. They're not very well-written literary essays because the old guy who wrote them fucking sucked at it and was very pretentious. 
Um, but it's like intentional. But it's intentional, yeah. Yeah. But there, there's a God. I don't want to spoil it, but there's like a scene at the end of the book that, when I read it at first, I was like, "That's really unsettling." Great scene. And then every once in a while, like if, if I can't fucking go to sleep at night, like if I'm just like kind of insomnia or whatever, like really mild, like for some reason that scene will come into my head, and it's like, "Well, I'm gonna be up for the next two hours, just like focused on this like final scene of this book, and just like the crushing hopelessness in it." It's definitely a novel that really stuck with me after I finished it. Nice. I don't know. Do you have any other books? I don't read enough. Um, I like Lovecraft. I he's not his writing isn't always great. I don't know people like Lovecraft, but I don't know if that's they always talk about how he's racist. But I don't know if they ever talk about like how his prose kind of sucks and he can't write dialogue. <laughs> um, but his you're always con- you're always critiquing his ethics, but he, I mean, let's critique his work. I mean, it, it's kind of true though, like. He, he almost all of his stories are a dude is writing in first person recounting something horrible that happened and a lot of it is it was so horrible i can't explain it because you would go crazy and it's like well fuck that um but the ideas you know behind a lot of his his stories are so good that it doesn't really matter the uh the topic of the unreliable narrator um have you ever read like pokedex entries in the game Oh, God. Yeah, some of those get really weird. What's funny is someone explained that those are being written by the 10-year-olds that Professor Oak is sending out. Oh. Which makes things make a lot more sense. Because, like, would, uh, like Charizard's tail technically burns, like, 8,000 times hotter than the sun. <laughs> and, uh... And, like, Ghastly's body is so poisonous that looking at it can be lethal. Is that really one of them? It's something like that. Yeah, I mean, but... there's a bunch where it's like, okay, a dumb kid that doesn't know, like, scale. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I like that. D- Dra- Dragonite's so strong, it could it could blow up a building. It's so strong. <laughs> and it suddenly makes all the, like, weird uh, inconsistencies a lot more entertaining. Sure. God, I never thought about that, but why would you let kids do that? Be like, I want you to do an encyclopedia, 10-year-olds who don't know fucking anything. Why aren't you in school? Well, I mean, Professor Oak is such a... It's like, it's like well, Ash, you're 10. That's old enough to get out of the house. Uh, your mom's still single, right? <laughs> get out of there. Find all animals and document them. Yeah... Man, last time I tried to play Pokemon, I was reminded why I don't play Pokemon anymore. I really don't like the gameplay in that <laughs> game. I I like it for what it is. It's fun for a bit, but I don't know. I, me and RPGs aren't as on friendly terms as we used to be. Um, for other horror like written stuff, comic books, and none of these because you you listen to comics dash, but a lot of these have been talked about there. But uh, Underwinter is a great. Lovecraftian horror comic that really utilizes the uh, if you see it you'll go crazy thing it, amazingly as far as visuals go um, The Hunt was a good horror book uh, kind of fantasy horror urban fantasy a lot of just great mm-hmm. monster design in that one uh, Black Monday Murders has some pretty cool horror elements to it uh, it's about like worshipping money so comic books have been a really really fun outlet for for those kinds of stories you know i think comics might actually be a very good medium for horror because you can 
you can have the concept stuff that you have to describe in text, and you can also have the visual stuff that you would want out of a movie. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it sucks that so many people associate superheroes with comics, and like that's it, when there's so much better out there. Yeah, there's there really is a variety. Um, shoot, I finally got my review copies. I'm going to start reading more comics now that I'm reviewing them. You you pick some really fucking weird ones, Mr. Goddamn like Rugrats thing or why well, I, I kind of want a variety. I think I picked one that is probably going to be good and then one that I'm curious about and then one that I know will be bad. Sure. I wonder if there are any Inuyasha figures on this good smile company. No, they they started making figures like after Inuyasha Man. was prevalent. You're not the only person that can There's a Kagome. Was that the is that a Figma? Yeah, it's a Figma. Oh, okay. It well, looks okay. Good. I mean, obviously I want fucking more than Kagome. So If they had a Sashomaru. Yeah, I would so get a Sashomaru. He is like my favorite of that character. I think we talked about that already. Yeah, but it bears repeating. It does. Yu Hakusho, let's see if he's in here. I don't know why I'm on this site. <laughs> Nothing. Fuck you. How really no Yu Hakusho stuff? Come on. Ooh. Gurren Lagan. Shit, I spelled it wrong. I don't know how to spell that word. Oh, it autocorrected for me. There's stuff. That's cool. But it's just the chick with giant boobs. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't want that one. I want I want the 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 crazy dude with the big sword that gets killed in the seventh episode. No. He's awesome. They mostly just do chicks. Yeah, I'm guessing they know their market. I mean, they've been branching away from that a little bit, but not quite enough yet. I'm disappointed. Like, if Yoko had... Like, Yoko was a fine character. I would definitely get a, a, a figure of her if, you know, she she wasn't damn near nude every time she shows up. Now I'm just, we're just having random anime into this to see what comes up. Hey, so I think I, we oh, talked cool. about everything in the world that's scary. Oh shit! There's a really good Your Lion April figure here of the uh, the chick <laughs> that plays the violin. Oh, you know what? Yeah, actually, I know that one. That anime is amazing. My friend got a. Remember the the maid from Big O? Yeah, I think so. Um, he got her, and he got like a dollhouse um piano that's in scale with her. Oh yeah. And it's just something about it is such a beautiful piece of her just sitting at the piano playing with her blank face. Like, be- because of her character, the doll captures her emotion in a strangely accurate way. Cool. This link you sent me is not working. Let's try one more. Let's see. What should I What should I look up? This, this anime toy website that I won't actually probably want to buy anything because... This is the point where the, the maybe we're we're starting to <laughs> wind down. I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about as far as spooky stuff goes. Yeah, we did pretty good, I think. Yeah, I don't want to get all ego masturbatory and talk about you know trying to write that shit, but I don't because I don't really know if that would be interesting. I think um I think we might have another episode in us just about the creative process and the the fun of um trying to make things. Yeah, I'd be down for that. We'll have, to, we'll have to pencil that one in. Yeah, at some point. Okay, well, do you have any Glad Space 
for our spooky Halloween fans out there. The one Black Lagoon character, and it's this one. That's fucking ridiculous. God damn it. Uh, glad That's a good one. <laughs> I keep telling myself I got to prepare better for these because I start looking around my room like, what am I glad that I own? Alarm clocks. I already did that one. What in the world? Um, I don't understand what's wrong with this website. So, okay, let me stop browsing the internet. <laughs> um, I want to recommend a podcast called Scared Yet. And we were just talking about like the creative process of writing horror. That's what the whole premise of the podcast is. Oh, cool. They're two comic artists. They both have a kind of horror-themed webcomics. And they talk about what it takes about... Like, there's an episode about creature design and there's an episode about suspense and there's an episode about concept and there's an episode about their favorite creepy pastas i want to say they only did like six episodes but find their feed and just download everything they did real quick and you'll have a fun kind of you know a week-long playlist of fun horror themes cool so that's scared yet. Look that one up. I'll do a I'll do a podcast too, and this one people have probably heard of, but uh, lore. The podcast is called Lore, and uh, dude name I think Aaron Mankey does it. He just he does he researches like kind of creepy shit that's all either based on folklore or mostly based on fact, and just here's like twenty minutes of a of something fucked up, like a like a really old prison, and all the really deranged shit that happened in this prison, or um. You know, he he does stuff that's really old a lot. Like, uh, this person told a bunch of lies and accused people of being a, of witches, and they all got killed. And then she went on to be successful, you know, and nothing bad happened to her. And then they were rent going through her house, and they found like bodies in the walls, you know, just really weird things like that. Each episode is about twenty to twenty four minutes long. Um, his production values are really good, though. He usually has great music to go along with it. What he's saying, um. He definitely does his research, the stuff that's based off of true stuff, um, or even the stuff that's that cool. isn't. You know, he'll he'll go into like the myth and stuff, so that you you could get like an interesting history lesson out of it. So yeah, he's got a it's a really cool podcast. Nice, that's lore. Yep. Okay, that's a good one. Um, I think that's it then. Unless... I think we got a good show. Yeah, I think this was a, this was an all right one. Okay, this was a this is a dress rehearsal. We're ready to record now. Uh. Yakety smackety do. <laughs> well, if uh, if you guys out there celebrate Halloween, have a safe and spooky one. Woo, woo. Indeed. I'm a ghost. I'm gonna turn the lights off so no kids come out my door. Woo. I'm terrified of children. That's the scariest thing of all. Yeah, watch Baba Duke. That that kid gets beat up real bad. It's great. Yay. Child abuse. <laughs>